0: would you stand up with us this morning as we start singing praise to God this morning.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. Whether you're in person, whether you're watching and joining us online, we want to welcome you here, and uh, we're thankful that you have made the decision uh, to let us be a part of your day. Here's what we would love to do uh, as we welcome all of you. One of the things that we would encourage you to do, uh, whether you're in person or online, is let us know that you're watching. If you have a a prayer request, if you have a need in your life, we would love to be able to pray with you and for you about that. Uh, So on your screen, uh, there's the opportunity for you just to uh, tune in to that little QR code. You just open up your uh, camera on on your smartphone. You bring that up, uh, dial that in. It'll take you right to the connection card uh, if you don't have the connection card on the app. If you'd like to do it on the app, uh, you can download our app and... Get the the connection card there and just let us know if you have a prayer request, if there's something in your life that we could pray with you or for you about. As we gather today, there's a couple of things I want to uh, remind you of that are very important uh, here in the life uh, of harmony and and some of the things that we want to make you aware of uh, this week. One is tomorrow. Paul Toller was uh, one of our, our longtime members here uh, at Harmony, and uh, Paul Toller passed away uh, last Monday. Uh, and tomorrow, from 11 to 1, uh, Paul's viewing and uh, service will, will take place up at Family Funeral Care, uh, and it's just right up on Rockville Road by 465. Uh, Paul uh, was 91 years old. I've known Paul uh, most of, of, of my life, and uh, tomorrow we will celebrate his life. Visitation from 11 to 1, service takes place at 1, and I just want to ask you to uh, pray uh, for him, uh, pray for his family. Uh, we obviously know that Paul is in heaven, uh, there's been an unbelievable reunion with he uh, and Gene, uh, his, his brothers, sisters that knew the Lord, uh, so pray for their comfort, pray for uh, their strength that God would be with them, uh, and just ask uh, God to help us to uh, serve them uh, in a way that makes a difference in their life during the this time. Also want to uh, remind parents, if you have children that are away at camp this weekend, they will be coming home today, and they'll be here mid-afternoon. They will keep you updated, but here's what we would love for you to do. When you find out that they're going to be home, we would love for you to come and pick them up, okay? Um, So if if you would do that, uh, that's a huge help. I know that some of you have said, man, it's been an incredible weekend. We haven't had any kids with us. Uh, They're coming home today, all right? Uh, um, And we know where you live, uh, so Please come and pick them up. Uh, that would be a help uh, to us. And then one more thing that I just want to share with you, uh, and uh, we, we have an opportunity uh, to be a blessing uh, to part of our Harmony family. Uh, we have a family uh, in our church um, that uh, is is come to, to this country uh, because that's what they had to do, um, they never planned on saying, look, hey, we're, we're going to go live in America one day under the circumstances that, that they came to our country under. Uh, but we have an opportunity to, to bless them. Uh, they have worked three jobs. Uh, they have uh, paid an ultimate price working together, and they are now homeowners in our country. We, the, yeah, let, let, let's celebrate that. Um, if you would like to get them uh, a gift card to Bed Bath and Beyond, if you would like to get them a gift card uh, for some place where they can get things that they're going to need for their new home. Because literally when they left their country, they came here uh, with what little they had and what they could bring with them on a moment's notice. And uh, when they're ready to share their story uh, with you, I'm certain that that they will. But uh, we want to bless them. Um, so if you would like to give a, a love offering to, to help them, you can give a love offering. Give it to missions, and, and we'll know it's marked to missions. If you're watching online, you want to do that, just, just give to missions. We'll know that that's, that's where it goes. If you'd like to do that, you can mark it on an envelope. Uh, but we want to be able to bless them and help them uh, in their life here in, in uh, America and in our church family. Um, and I can't thank you enough for being kind to them and making a difference in, in their life. I will tell you this, they looked at our church online and, and they, they found that we had children's ministry and, and here's what they said, they, they don't look like us, um, do you think we'll be accepted? Because they'd already been in some places where they were rejected and they, they walked in our doors and, and you received them and you received them well and let's just continue to bless him and uh, they don't know that I'm, I'm doing this, but now everybody knows that uh, I'm doing this. Our leadership said, hey, we're, we're gonna do something to, to bless them. Others have already stepped up, and uh, that's just what we wanna do. So if you wanna do a gift card for a place uh, that that you know, hey, they could get some of the things they would need uh, for moving in a situation. If you want to say, look, I wanna donate some money so that they can get furniture for, for where they live. Or maybe you have some gently used items, not something that the Goodwill has rejected or that the the thrift store down there too 267 said, hey, we can't take that. Um, uh-uh. they, we, people do that with God's house all the time. Hey, they, they got something they want to get rid of, give it to the church, they can use it. And, and uh, a lot of times we, we can't, but we'll find somebody that, that can. Uh, but if you have something uh, that you know is, is a blessing to you, you would like to give in that way, please let us know and uh, we will help you. Do that well today. We're going to continue our series Remarkable, and today we're just talking about surviving the crisis. How many of you know somebody that is in a crisis or or has been in a crisis recently? Yeah, I I think that that we, a lot of us, know some people that that are in a a crisis. We've walked through a, a crisis today. We're just going to talk about how do we survive that crisis? What does a crisis look like? How do we get through? That moment of crisis in our life, and I believe that the message uh, will help us today, and it'll help us be what God wants us to be, and it'll help us uh, meet some needs in some others' lives as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for who you are. Lord, as uh, we gather here today and celebrate who you are and the things that you've done and the things that you're going to do, Lord, I ask that uh, you would help us to remember in moments of, of sorrow, like with losing Paul Toller, one that we loved in so many ways, one that's walked through some valleys in this life. Lord, help us through the tears and through the sadness to realize that he is with you and, and there's no sorrow and there's no pain. And Lord, they'll, they'll come a day when we see him again. And Lord, as we prepare for a week where we have Mississippi Builders coming in, in that group to, to bless us and, and showing up, on Monday, and beginning to work on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and doing things to, to make our building uh, more functional and better, and, and, and different things that, that'll take place. Lord, I pray that you'll bless them for their sacrifice and commitment to you, and Lord, help us to, to show up and walk alongside of them as well. And Lord, I just ask you that uh, as we go through our week, as we walk through maybe a crisis that we find ourselves in, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to look to you. That you would help us to find strength from you. And Lord, those that are, are battling sickness, those that are, are struggling with situations, those that are, are watching from the hospital today or the rehab center where they're ready to get out of and, and be back home uh, because they're, they're getting well. Lord, those that uh, are, are at home because they're, they're not coming back out yet. Whatever it might be, I just ask that you will meet a need in their life as we gather and we worship you today. For it's in Christ's name, amen.
0: Amen. Would you stand back with us as we've been going through the book of Mark? It struck me that uh, the disciples are finally starting to get it, right? They want to be more like Jesus, less like them. That's what this song is all about. Sing it out as we sing. Oh, I have days I lose the fight. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't... mercy. trust him this morning think about this through every battle through every heartbreak through every circumstance i believe that you are my fortress oh you are my portion you are my hiding place Oh, I believe you are the way, the truth, the lie. I believe you are the way, the truth, the lie. I believe through every blessing, through every promise. singing this morning. You may be seated. Please pay attention to the video screen.
1: When we think about a crisis, a lot of us probably would describe a crisis in a, a different way than maybe the person next to us, because when we have a problem, we often think of it as a crisis. Well, this morning, we're going to kick some things off, and we're going to talk about what a crisis is not, right? Uh, because we live in, in, in America, we live in a first world country, and, and there's a lot of things that hit us at the moment, and we think it could be a crisis, all right? So, having more clothes in your closet than you have hangers is really not a crisis okay uh, at the moment it, it might feel like one at the moment you you might think it's one but it's really not a crisis. How many of you know somebody like that, right? Uh, they got more clothes than, than, than they've got hangers. Some of you are going, I'm afraid to raise my hand right now because I'm sitting next to them, uh, and, and that can be a, a crisis. Well, uh, running a, a little late to get your eyelashes done because your pedicure took longer than you thought, that's not a crisis either, right? Some of you have been there. Uh, experienced something like that. It just throws your entire day off. You wake up in a house where uh, the roof is completely intact, all the walls are painted, all the, the windows are in, all the floors are covered with floor covering, right, and the coffee pot didn't go off and make the coffee for you when you, you woke up like the alarm was supposed to, and it just starts your day off wrong, and, and that turns into a crisis in your life. Well, you know, there's some things that we often look at, and, and when it happens at the moment, we think, okay, this is a this is a crisis, this is a, a stressor for me, this just kind of puts me uh, over the edge, it causes me to to be where I, I can't be at that moment. Well, here's a, a reality. A lot of things that we might look at as a, a crisis are, are really just a, a simple inconvenience. So What is a crisis? If you were to, to Google a crisis right now, you would find out that uh, there's a uh, environmental crisis taking place th- throughout the, the world of some kind or another. There's financial crisis taking place. There's an unemployment crisis taking place. There's, there's a crisis le- left from uh, Elsa that, that's, that's worked its way uh, up the, the coast. There, there's a crisis taking place in, in Surfside, Florida, where where people lost their lives out of nowhere. There, there's just a pile of rubble, and, and that is a crisis. A crisis is defined as, as an illness, a disease, or, or maybe even a fever where a, a, a turning point occurs where, where it's going to get worse or, or, or maybe better. It, it's a moment of, of crisis. A, a crisis can also be defined as, as that, that moment that is a determining moment in life. It's distinctive. It determines a direction. It, it kind of puts things in, in, in place for, for a moment and, and changes the status of, or the emotional state of one at that point in time. When we look at what a crisis really is, as it's defined, today we're going to find out that people in the Bible, people just like you and I, they went through. A period of crisis. They went through a, a time of crisis, and guess what? They survived it. They came out on the other side. So today, if you find yourself in the middle of a, of a crisis, uh, understand this: that there's hope to get to the other side. If if you find yourself in in a setting, a situation where you would just say, "Look, I, I feel like I'm in a crisis." No, it, it's not the the clothes being more than the hangers. That that's not the crisis. It's a crisis of of loss. It's a crisis of look. I, I'm overwhelmed, and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. Maybe it is that financial crisis in your life. Maybe it's that relationship crisis where, where there's a critical breaking point, and, and you're just saying to, to yourself, I don't know how I can handle the emotional baggage that comes with this. I don't know how I can handle the stress that comes with this, this moment of crisis. Well, when we pick up the story of Jesus and his disciples. In the Gospel of Mark, here's something that Jesus does all throughout. Jesus meets people, and, and he does something unusual. As, as we've talked about, in this day and age, people would often pick the rabbi that they wanted to follow. They would pick a rabbi that they wanted to sit under and learn from, and, and here's what they would do. They would learn from that rabbi, and then if they liked the rabbi, and the rabbi liked them, they would stay with that teacher. They would stay with that one to to follow them. But Jesus does something that just flies in the face of the culture that he's finding himself in, the culture that he's, he's living in. Jesus comes by and he finds people that are messed up in life, people that are, that are not perfect, people literally that, that often are in crisis mode themselves. And he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and follow me. And other people would be like, why is Jesus talking to them? And and Jesus is saying, look, I I want people to come and follow me. So there's these invitations going out all over. Yet today, here's what we're going to discover. These same people that Jesus is inviting to follow him, now he's going to give them a little bit of instruction. And it's instruction that we're going to see that Jesus knows what's going on the entire time, that Jesus is, is, is not afraid of, that Jesus is certain that they're gonna get to the other side. But in the middle of it, there's a critical point. In the middle of it, there's a, a determining factor that, that takes place. It's a moment where they must begin to see life as Jesus sees life to get through the crisis. So let's take a look at Mark chapter four, verse number 35. It says this, and on the same day, When the evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over... To the other side. That's a a key phrase in in all of it. And and if you have your your Bible or something with your Bible on it, and you can highlight or underline, I I would just encourage you to to write this this down, to to mark it up, and remember it because it's a a determining point, a a moment where you can go back and look at this verse. Because honestly, this should be a favorite verse for for all of us, uh, one that we would mark it. And here's why: because it says, "Let us go to the other side." Jesus doesn't say, let's get out in the middle, and then a comma with dot, 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 dot. He he doesn't say, hey, let's get started, and then then it's just blank. No, Jesus begins to to give us something that we can build our life on. It's foundational for our relationship with him. It's foundational for our life in him and, and, and with him. He says, let us cross over to the other side. It says, now when... They had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. It says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care? That we are dying, that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea? obey him. Well, let's just begin to take a look at a couple of things that, that we see. When, when we take a look at this decisive moment, when, when we take a look at this, this moment that turns into a, a crisis for these that have been invited to, to follow Jesus, that they, they've been able to, to walk with Jesus, they, they've been able to see miracles take place, that they've been able to witness all kinds of things up to this point and we're, we're not even to the end of the, the fourth chapter. People have been healed. They, they, they've been able to see someone lowered down through a roof. And Jesus to say, look, take up your bed and walk. And, and a guy that couldn't walk gets up and, and he walks home. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Yet when we begin to look at this, here's what we're going to see. Jesus invites them into a storm. So, so let's let's take a look at, at the direction, first of all. When, when we begin to, to look at, at what happens they, they begin to, to follow Jesus, and here's what, what takes place. It, it looks rather simple. It says, let us cross over to the other side. Did, do you know what, what they said? They said, hey, look, we, we've been able to, to witness people raised to life. We've been able to see him take something meager and, and multiply it. We've been able to see him restore sight, and we've been able to, to see him do incredible miracles. Why would we not want to, to go with him? And after all, he accepts us just as we are. I mean, can you imagine Matthew at this point in time? I mean, he's called Levi early in this, this passage of Scripture, early in the book of Mark, but but he said at the receipt of customer, he was a tax collector, right? And, and, and can I just tell you something? Times have not changed that much, right? I mean, tax collectors, nobody sits and says, man, it's April. I can't wait to write that check, right? Everybody says, I write that check, and what do they do with it? I write that check, and I still got potholes. I I still got problems. I still got all all, all of these things. What are they doing with it? Here's the reality. In Matthew's day, they were much worse. They could take as much as they wanted, as long as they didn't create an uprising. So, So, Matthew is described by the New Living Translation as what? Scum. That, that's, that's what people said. People looked and said, Why does Jesus hang out with this? scum. Why why is he allowed? So Matthew gets in the boat and at this point in time, it's a pretty good deal for Matthew because a lot of people don't want him around. So Matthew says, yeah, I'll get in the boat and go with you. And can you imagine Peter, James, and John, they're experienced fishermen and, and they're out on the water and they're like, why wouldn't we get in the boat? This is easy for us because it's familiar. We're comfortable right here. And after all, we're following the direction of Jesus and all Jesus does is miracles. And The people that are following him never have any problems. Why? Because up until this point, here's what happens. People come to Jesus and people solve their problems. Right? I mean, they come to Jesus and Jesus is like, okay, stretch forth your hand. The hand is healed. The guy that tradition says was a stonemason with a bad hand can now go back to work and make a living for for his his family. He's taken care of. He's solving problems. Have you ever noticed that that sometimes in this life, in our Western thought, in our Western mindset, in our first world mentality, have you ever noticed that we tend to think if you follow Jesus, then that equals no problems? If you follow Jesus, there's no stress. If you follow Jesus, there's no anxiety because there's nothing to be anxious about. if you follow Jesus, wow, life is going to be good if you if you follow Jesus and and you walk into school and, and there's a pop quiz you're like wow I, I really didn't get my homework done i didn't study but but i 'll pray and, and that'll get me through and then you find out, wow, following Jesus didn't get me through what I wasn't prepared for you ever Just realize so much in our life that there's this thought process that when we follow Jesus, there's going to be no problems. You know, here's the reality. Moses had a heart for God and he encountered a lot of problems. Abraham followed God. He he packed up and, and he moved. There was some stressors. There were some points of critical crisis. There were some moments that he was questioning in himself, is it it worth it? When Moses said, look, let's cross the Red Sea, and he led a million plus people across it, everybody thought, man, it's a moment of victory when they saw the waters fall. But when they got on the other side and the food and water wasn't what they expected, they said, what have you done to us? Now we're out here in the, the messy middle and, and, and what's going to happen to us? You see, un- undoubtedly, we've all been in a situation where we've looked and, and we've said, I know I'm following God. Why is it turning out like this? Jesus said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. And the scripture could not be plainer. They got in the boat and they did as Jesus had commanded. You see, sometimes when when we're following the direction of Jesus, here's what's going to happen. When you give your life to Jesus, when you begin to follow him, when you say, look, I want to be a Christ follower, I want you to be my savior, I want you to be the one that I pattern my life after, guess what? We will encounter some problems, we will encounter some setbacks and some struggles. How do I know that? Because Jesus encountered them. Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed. Jesus knew what it was like to be lied on. Jesus knew what it it was like to to have people walk out on him. Jesus knew what it was like to to have people say, look, I want to follow you, and I'm going to be with you to the end, and then when the end comes, there's only a few uh, around. Here's the reality. When we follow Jesus and we take his direction, here's what's going to happen. Obedience is going to bring blessing every time. It just might not look like it at the moment. So so when we say, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus. Remember that Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. What, What does that mean? That means when you're in the messy middle and it's not as comfortable as you thought it would be, Remember these words that Jesus told his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. He never says that it's going to be a calm ride. He never says it's going to be smooth sailing. He never says you're going to get there without any problems. He never says we're going to get there without any struggles. Remember, there's a big boat, a great storm comes up, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But as we're setting it up, I want us to understand that they're following the direction of Jesus. When you follow the direction of Jesus in raising your children, it doesn't mean that, that everything is always going to be perfect with them. doesn't mean that everything is always going to be perfect be- between the, the, the two of you or, or the three of you, whatever the, the relational situation is, it is. That doesn't mean when you follow the direction of Jesus and you begin to, to live your life for him and follow his principles that life is always going to be smooth sailing. But here's what it does mean. All right, When you're in the messy middle of life, and, and when you can't tell which, which way is, is right side up, okay, when you're there and, and, and you're certain that you're following Jesus and doing what he told you to do and what he wants you to do, and the middle does get messy, remember that Jesus said, let us go to the other side. What does that mean? It means Hebrews 13.5 is true. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus didn't say, let's go out to the middle and then you're going to be on your own. Jesus didn't say, when the great storm comes up, which will be in just a little bit, I'm going to leave you. Jesus said, let's go to the other side, which means Jesus is going to stick it out with us. The question is this, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to respond in it? So so let's just just take a look. We've looked at the direction they're following. There's no sin in their life. They've not neglected to, to follow Jesus. Nobody's messed up in some great way. Nobody's hiding anything at this point in time. This isn't a, a Jonah situation. This isn't an Achan situation. None of that. People that have a heart for him and are following him, and they have struggles. So, so we see the direction, but, but now we're going to see what we're just going to call the crisis, the moment where everything seems to fall apart. What, what, what's it say? It says a great windstorm came up. What, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. Maybe it was like a hurricane type situation and, 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 and the, the waves are beating on the boat, right? The water is getting choppy. It says there's a, a great windstorm. The, the waves are beating on the boat and here's what's happening. The waves were filling the boat. The waves were filling the the boat in, in the moment of, of crisis, waves are beating against the boat because there's a great windstorm, and waves are filling the boat. Yet there's followers of Jesus in the boat, and Jesus is in the boat. Now I want to ask you a question right now: What what crisis are are you dealing with right now? What what struggle is is kind of taking up some, some presence in your life? Because here's here's where we're going, and here's a reality that that we look at. What you let fill you up in the moment of crisis will kind of impact how you're going to survive the crisis. These are, these are fishermen that have undoubtedly had water in the boat before because it's choppy sea. They, they grew up on the waters. They, they knew the waters well. Yet, yet in this passage of Scripture, here's what happens the waves come up, the water is coming in, and, and nobody's trying to, to bail it. No, nobody's trying to, to get rid of it. They're standing around, and they're thinking, here's what they're thinking. Jesus told us to get into this boat, and now we're out here, and there's a problem. And they begin to think like we often think, and, and we'll get there in just a moment. You see, for the, for the disciples in the boat, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that fear was filling them. Fear of crisis, fear of of death. It was overwhelming them. It was engulfing them. And, and here's the thing. We all have personal crisis. We all can face a physical crisis, a, a vocational crisis, a, a crisis in the family, a, a crisis in relationship, a, a crisis that's, that's financial. But what fills us in that moment is often going to impact how we survive it. So what could they do? They could have started emptying the boat. They could have called for help. But but what do they do. They do like we often do, and they think we're with Jesus. There shouldn't be any crisis. We're we're following Him. There shouldn't be any struggle. You ever thought, man? I'm I'm with Jesus, so there's not going to be any problems. I've thought that. I've thought that. Sometimes the the struggles. The problems, the crisis, are things that are just going to refine us and make us more like Him. We we look at the crisis. The crisis is they're taking on water. The crisis is they're they're afraid of of dying. The crisis is, is they think that Jesus doesn't care. Let let's just look at the reaction. What what did they do instead of taking the crisis to Jesus and said, Jesus, we got water in the boat. We've seen you solve problems before. Let's go ahead and take care of this. Do do you you know what they did? They went to him and they they said, Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? Think about this for for just a moment. Don't you care that we're dying? Nobody's dead yet. Jesus is sound asleep. Jesus has done the impossible over and over and over, yet they move right away to how something is impacting them. You see, somebody else's crisis generally doesn't bother us, right? I mean, if it's attached to us, if, if it makes our life a little uncomfortable, if it impacts our, our family, if it impacts our finances, you, you know, then maybe it gets our attention. But but what somebody else is, is typically experienced as a crisis, we, we can just begin to kind of put blinders on and walk through. And it's really not that big of a deal for us because it doesn't impact us. So here's what they said. They said, Jesus, don't you care that that we're dying, that that we're about to perish? Do you notice that? that early in the passage, it says that they got in the boat and they went to to the other side and there were other little boats with them. That means that their boat was bigger than the other little boats and if their boat was in trouble, the other little boats were probably more in trouble. But they didn't say, Jesus, the people in the other little boats are dying. Here's what they said. They said, we're dying. We've got a crisis right now in this boat and Jesus, we want you to do something with our problem because it's impacting us. And we're doing what you told us to do, so we're not supposed to have a crisis. We're we're walking life like like you want us to walk life, and and we're not supposed to encounter a problem. We're not supposed to have any difficulty at all. That's their reaction. They they moved to a selfish focus. They they didn't say anything about the other little boats, but their crisis was self-focused. How did they... They feel, they felt isolated. They felt like they were alone. They were in the presence of Jesus, but they still felt like they were alone. You ever notice that a crisis will cause us to say, why is this happening to me? All the time, our culture and society says this, why, why do bad things happen to good people? What we're really saying is, why don't bad things happen to bad people? That's, that's really what we're saying. You know I, that family right down there. I, I mean, come on, really? You know all the things about them, right? I, I mean, he's ran around on her. She's ran around on him. They really don't keep their house up. They they kind of you know make a problem for the HOA. And, and, and it just why, why aren't they experiencing the crisis? Why, why why aren't they going through a crisis? Because after all, they, I mean, they're the bad. We're we're the good. Wouldn't it have been easy for, for them to say, look, why aren't some of the other boats of, of people taking on water that, that aren't following you? You know, those Pharisees, those religious leaders that are, that are down at the temple, those people that, that constantly question you and, and those people that, that aren't in the boat with you, why aren't they experiencing some struggle? Do you know what's amazing throughout Scripture? Do you know who experiences a lot more trouble than anybody else throughout Scripture over and over and over and over? and this really isn't a good selling point for Christianity, but it's truth, those that are walking closely with Jesus. It's just true. And somewhere along the line, we started preaching and, and we started teaching and started believing that if you follow Jesus, you won't have problems. If, if you just follow the Bible, everything's gonna be okay. If, if you just take your kids to church, they're gonna turn out perfect. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Here, here's the reality. Life is a struggle. And here's what happens. When we follow Jesus, we're very likely to encounter some more struggles. But, but here's the difference. Jesus is in the boat with us. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Jesus didn't say, look, I'm gonna treat you like the religious leaders and I'm gonna throw you overboard right now. I'm gonna get you out of my boat and make more room for me because that's what they would have done. Jesus says, look, here's where we're at and here's what's taking place. He said, there's, there's a crisis, you're right. But they weren't, viewing the crisis as an opportunity to say, Jesus, we know you can do all things. They weren't viewing the crisis to say, look, this is an opportunity to, to get closer to you. They said, why? why are you letting this happen to us? Can't you see that we're dying? It's almost all over. Now, I want to tell you something. I've had those moments in my life, and I know you have as well. That moment where you have your pity party, that that crisis—why why why is this happening to me? I mean, Lord, all, all these things I've I, I've done. As if we need to tell him, like, like he, he he doesn't know. And have you ever noticed in those moments we begin to list the good things? I mean, we don't we don't talk about all the the bad things. We don't talk about the wrong thoughts. We don't talk about the, the wrong actions. We don't talk about the, the wrong words we, we've said. We just go through and we take a few highlights out of the chapters of our life up to that point, and we begin to share some of those things with God and say, why am I in the crisis? Because after all, this is, this is what's, what's going on. It, let's, let's take a look at the, the response. Jesus Here's, do you not care that we are perishing? Kind of funny. Jesus came to give his life so that they would never experience eternal death. And they said, don't you care that we're about to die? Of course he cares, that's why he came. But here's the response Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus gets up, and and here's what he does. He rebukes the wind with words. That's it. He just says, peace, be still. And and, and the Bible says that the the great winds stop. The waves, all, 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 all of a sudden, they're calm just at the spoken word. So he gets up and he rebukes the wind with, with words. And then Jesus speaks to their faith. He says, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? You're in the, the boat with me and I've said, let us go to the other side. Why are you so fearful? He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews thirteen five. Write it down. Etch it in stone. I will not leave you in the middle of a crisis. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Do you know Jesus has asked throughout his life, how is it that you have little faith? This passage, he says, how is it that you have no faith? Think about that question, no faith. He says, how is it that you can't trust me in the middle of the sea, but you trusted me to, to get in the boat. You, you, you trusted me when you didn't need to trust me. And if you only trust me and believe in me when you really don't need to believe in me, do you know what Jesus is saying? Then you really have no I said, it was easy to trust me when, when the sea was calm. It was easy to trust me when the boat was just there with the wood and the nets were there and, and there were some buckets and some other things that, that maybe some fishermen had, had used. You, you trusted me when there really wasn't a need to trust, but, but now where the rubber meets the road, where the water's coming in the boat, here's what you're saying. Don't you care that we're going to die? Jesus is saying, are, are, are you thinking that I'm powerless? Are you thinking that I can't take care of it? How is it that you have no faith? Let me ask you something. What would Jesus say about your faith right now? What would Jesus say about your faith right now? Maybe it's a a moment of crisis, maybe it's a, a moment of loss. What would Jesus use to describe your faith? right now because some of us have said look Jesus I'm following you you're my savior I want to live my life for you and then we get out in the middle of life and it gets a little messy and our boat is taking on a little bit of water things that we didn't expect things that we didn't plan for things that we didn't count on right the financial crisis is coming in the marital crisis is coming in problems with the kids are coming in problems that the job is is coming in and we have all of these things going on physical problems that we never anticipated things that we're having to deal with that, that we never thought would happen the person that we thought would would definitely go first didn't go go first and and now we have to to deal with some of the things that we weren't expecting to deal with on on our own we begin to look at all of those things and, and it was the unexpected the unplanned the things that were overwhelming the disciples and Jesus just said how is it that you have no faith Do you know what Jesus was really saying? Jesus was really saying, Why don't you just trust me with this? Jesus was really saying, Why didn't you come to me and say, Lord, help us? You see, we're tempted to ask, Do you care about us? Because at the moment we're not comfortable and we think that following God makes us comfortable. We think that following Jesus calls us to a life of of, of comfort, but but here's the reality. Many times when we look throughout Scripture, those that were closest to him, those that were doing the most for him, those that, that we don't even know their name, but they're recorded in Scripture, they encountered difficulty. Yet in the moment of crisis, they called to him for help. And Jesus is ultimately saying, guys, why didn't you come and ask me to help? Why are you saying, don't, don't you care that, that we're dying? Why, why didn't you just say, look, Jesus, we need you? I mean, a few weeks ago, that withered hand, that was pretty impressive. We could use another one. You, you remember when, when our friends lowered that guy into the midst and the crowd was Huge. Hey, we, we, need, we need another miracle right now. We, we know the sea, and we know the water, and this is an unusual storm. It's pretty big. Jesus, we need your help. It's way beyond us. But you, you can handle it. Because we believe that you are who you say you are. You see, sometimes it's really easy for us to believe that Jesus died on the cross that he paid the penalty for our sin, and that he rose again. And we place our faith in him for our eternal salvation, our eternal home. Yet in the messy middle of life, when life gets to crisis level, we often say, why, why is this happening to me? Don't you care about me? What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? And Jesus is saying, look, rather than just cry about the crisis why don't you cry to me for help? Why don't you believe that I can bring about a change, that I can do something with it? So today, here's what we see. We see that Jesus controls and he confronts the crisis with the spoken word and he comes to the disciples and he confronts them and he says, why don't you just believe in me? And today I would just ask you this, what's what's keeping you? What's keeping you from confronting the crisis with faith in Christ? What's keeping you where where you are? Because here's here's what we see ultimately that's that's a game changer for for the disciples is their recognition. You see, in the the last verse, here's what happens. There's the reaction and the response, but then there's the recognition in verse number 41. It says, and they feared exceedingly. And said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? There was the recognition of all. The recognition of he was far greater than anything they could understand, than anything they could grasp. And here's the truth. We can't grasp all that God can do. But we can trust that he can do all things. We can't adequately describe it, but we can believe it. And we may not always have a life of comfort, but when the comfort is gone and the crisis rears its head, we can believe. How are we going to survive the crisis? How are we going to survive the crisis? Know that he's with us in the crisis. He said, let us go to the other side and recognize who he is recognize who he is before the crisis in the crisis and after the crisis because before the crisis he was the healer and provider in the crisis he was the miracle worker he's still the healer and provider and after the crisis he still goes on he was the same before they got in the boat He was the same in the boat, and he was the same when they got to the other side. And here's the reality. He'll be that in your life as well. So how do we survive the crisis, whatever the crisis might be? Follow his direction. Get in the boat and stay in the boat. Get in the boat with Jesus and go to the other side. We don't get out of the boat until we've reached the destination that he has for us. And then we take the next direction. We take the next call. We take the next invitation. We trust him before we get in the boat. We trust him in the messy middle. And we trust him when we get to the other side. Because there's more to believe him for. And today, I don't know what crisis point you're at. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. You can trust him in the crisis. You can trust him with the crisis. And that's what he's calling you to do. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Today, as we gather, maybe you would say, John, you talk about trusting him in the crisis. You talk about him being savior. What does that mean? Following the direction of Jesus means this, that at some point in time, we accept his invitation to follow him that we ask him to be our savior because that's ultimately what he wants to do. You see, Jesus came into this world to give his life for you and for me to pay the, the sin debt, mine and yours, the, the sin debt of the world. He came to do that because he loves us and he cares for us. And he didn't want to leave us in our own sin crisis. So he said, I want to make that payment. He went to the cross. He died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And because he did that, you can invite him to be your Savior. You can trust him to forgive you of your sins. Today, if there's never been a moment, never been a time where you've placed your faith and trust in him, here's what I would encourage you to do right here, right now. Whether you're in this room, whether you're watching online, Jesus is the same no matter matter where you're at. And all you have to do to have that personal relationship with him, to have him be your personal savior, is to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. I know I've missed perfection. I know that I haven't always done right. And Jesus, the best I know how, I'm trusting and believing that you died for me on the cross, that you were buried, and that you rose again on the third day, like the Bible says, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to be my savior. If you'll do that, he'll keep his word. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, that whoever is you. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, if you'll invite Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, he'll do it. So right now, right now, just ask him. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Help me to trust you. Would you be my Savior? He'll do it. Today, maybe you would say, John, I've already trusted Jesus as my Savior. You would say, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my own crisis. I'm, I'm following His direction. I'm trying to navigate my way through life. But quite honestly, right now, the seas of life are kind of stormy, and there's some waves that are coming in my boat. The, the waves are beating pretty hard against me, and, and I'm struggling. I'm in a crisis. Here's what I would encourage you to do today. Right here, right now. To say, Jesus, the best I know how, I'm following your direction. Would you help me to stick with your direction? Would you help me to not bail on you in this moment? But Jesus, here's my crisis, here's my struggle, and I'm asking you to be with me in the crisis and to take care of the crisis and help me to trust you with the crisis. He may not remove the crisis completely right now at this moment, but he's going to be with you to the other side. So, so maybe you say, Lord, help me to trust you to the other side. Help me to keep following your direction. Help me to recognize that if you choose to say, crisis be gone, it can be gone. But help me to know more than anything, That I can recognize your power, whether life is in crisis mode or it's not in crisis mode. And I can worship you continually because of that. Maybe that's your prayer today. Whatever your prayer might be, talk to him right now. Right where you are, just have a conversation with God and say, help me to trust you in the direction. Help me to trust you with my crisis. Maybe you would say, I don't have a crisis right now, but I've got a friend. Pray for that friend. Pray for that family. Whatever it might be. Let's join our hearts together as we pray. Father, we come to you today. And Lord, we we ask you to be with those that may not know you as their Savior. Help them to cry out to you and say, Lord, save me. Be my Savior. Forgive my sins. Lord, for those today that know you as Savior, but they're dealing with a crisis, a hurt that needs help, a rough situation that needs your calm, God, would you be with them? Would you you protect them? Would you draw them close to you and help them to know that they're not alone, that millions have walked with you and that you've not forsaken one of them? And that you've walked through many crises, and there's nothing that catches you by surprise. The storm did not catch you off guard. You were sound asleep in their midst because you were in total control. So, Father, give us peace in the midst of our crisis, knowing that you've got it. Help us to follow you and to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for gathering.